Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Such a blessing. We appreciate it. Amen. So Steve and I go back a couple of years. He, uh, Bill and I, uh, we detailed cars together. I was the elder, and he was just a, I don't know how old we were, 16, 15, 16, whatever. But I remember he was one of a handful, one of a few young men that uh, began preaching when, I don't know, 15, 16, got the license when they were 16, I think it was, something like that. Boy, I'm telling you what, give me a shot now. I'm like, whoa, man, I'm way behind, right? <laughs> anyway, we're going to have him come up uh, in a few minutes and share what the Lord has laid on his heart. But prior right. to that, I can't help, but I, that wouldn't be right. I didn't ask Sister Corey to come up here and greet us this evening and uh, give us five minutes and and what's, what is going on in her world? Well, praise the Lord. Praise it the Lord. It's so wonderful to be at home in TOP. And uh, uh, Jason and I are, I, I did leave Jason behind. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, I'm planning to speak at Summer Conference and, and just speaking on Friday morning, but I took the week to come home. He said, Do you really need a whole week? I was like, Yeah, I think I need <laughs> but no, we're having a wonderful time. Our first 11 days we were married, we were in 11 states. Wow. We drove from Washington to Florida. Um, we've been in, I think, eight districts now, and we're having a wonderful time. We've been able to travel to churches and just see the faithfulness of God in every single city and town and just uh, see the miraculous take place. I mean, some of these churches, um, the, the testimonies they have of what God has done for them, it mirrors ours. And it's just wonderful to see um, just what the Lord is doing here in the United States as well as right. what he's doing around the world because right. there's just incredible men and women of God just laboring all around the United States and new churches we go to sometimes church plants that only have five ten people um, but they've been there for a couple years and they're reaching their community and it's exciting I mean they're they're like our heroes <laughs> like, right. I mean they look to us like oh you're going you know to Japan we're like you're coming to this town of 500 people you know it's it's really amazing. So um, it's all in all, it's been a wonderful experience. We've probably got maybe about a, 18 months left. So maybe my maybe I'll change my tune in 18 months. I don't know. No, I think we'll have a great time. But right. it's wonderful to be home. It's wonderful to be somewhere where there's not so much humidity and no. or mosquitoes. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, but all in all, it's just been tremendous. And we just want to thank you so much. TOP is just a huge supporter of us. We we do have like a Facebook and an Instagram, We Lucas Missions Japan. So if you want to follow our journey everywhere we're going around the States, we post on there about four or five times a week. So, but we sure do love and miss TOP. It's home, it's family, and we are, we're so thankful for your support, your prayers, and I hope that we'll, I'll get to connect with you after service because I've just missed you. So. We love you. Jason sends his greetings. Right. <laughs> He'll be here next time, I promise. I promise. <laughs> That's okay. You can leave him wherever for a while. It's all right. As long as you're here. All right. Let's see. Come, please. All right. Thank you. If I look at this thing, maybe I'll get 
Some Clorox flavors, huh? It's good to see you. It's good to be with you. Uh, appreciate Pastor Knowles and his wife, Sister Knowles. I've uh, known him a long time. And uh, I think uh, we went, you guys were on uh, one of the evangelistic tours. And Kathleen went with us all the time. Estacada. And uh, the pastor's son got the Holy Ghost uh, of the night we were there. And, yeah, I think a stream or something or some kind of water. Uh, we've seen some crazy stuff. We were newlyweds. I just, I got to go along. That was your honeymoon? related to We're glad to have you. Big help. Uh, we used to wash cars over at Pepin Chrysler Plymouth that was up. Not here anymore, but uh, we had a good time over there. Uh, Grandpa would give me a car, and and he would disappear, and uh, and I would have to work on it. He'd come back and say, "You missed here, you missed there, you missed there." So we had a good time. <laughs> I only worked a couple hours a day, I think, just through high school. But he was great. We had a good time. Uh, I remember those days. They were fond, fond memories for me. Um, I know it's Wednesday night, everybody's kind of tired and deep draws it out of us. I'm going to get right to it here, appreciate all the good teaching and preaching. I just, uh, my wife and I have been feasting on the word of the Lord here, and uh, we appreciate all the wonderful teaching and preaching we've heard. Pastor, you're doing a great job. I enjoy it. Good messages, solid messages. And all the, the preaching and teaching, Brother Woods, uh, great job. Never know what you're going to do next. It's kind of fun. And uh, I like it. And everybody, and uh, Sister Corey, you and your husband, it's nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet the rest of you. I knew Steve before I knew Kelly, but um, I wasn't calling you Steve. I'm just saying. Yeah, I knew your dad and Steve before I knew you. So. And probably Dennis. Is it Dennis, right? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Lord and our relationship to the Lord. But I, I'm going to start it. It's going to be a little weird, a little clunky, but we'll, we'll get through this. I'm, I want to give you something that, I, that the Lord impressed upon me that may help us. And um, I'm not using this as my text, and I didn't give them any scriptures. So I, I read generally out of the NASB, and um, in chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, and I'm just bringing this up, not to necessarily put it on the screen, but it's worthy to note, the Lord, the Lord reminded me of the scripture right before it came up. Uh, verse 29, chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, you can read it when you go home. Moses had uh, written this book last, and he had talked with the children of Israel. This is toward the end of his life. But he said in verse 29, he said, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. There's a lot of things that we don't understand. Yeah. Brother Mark's been to my house, uh, my wife and I's house, and he brought these big tubes with mirrors and telescopes, you know. We look out there at the sky and the stars. And there's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things we don't understand. 
And there's a lot of things here on this earth we don't understand. We don't understand why we have to go through some things. We don't understand everything. But we know he knows. All right, amen. Yes. We know he knows. Yes. So Moses says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Those are the secret things. They belong to him. But the things revealed belong to us. The things that are revealed belong to us. And so in our journey of relationship with God, there are things he reveals to us. And I'm going to share a few things the Lord has revealed to me in my journey of relationship with him that he has revealed. And that belongs to me. And it's going to belong to you now because some of the secret things the how to and how things work in a level of relationship with god can be in, uh, grown and developed in you and, and i pray for that and moses said this will belong to our, us and our sons forever that we may observe all the words of this law and that's just a sidebar but it kind of uh, the Lord wanted me to read that for a reason. So the secret things of God belong to him. There's, in a relationship with God, we must have a little bit of understanding of, of God. Now, he's the invisible man. He's the invisible man. Right? You see him? No. Understanding God gives us ability to have faith in God. And I want to talk about developing our relationship with faith in God. Romans chapter 12 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Now, there's a reason he said that. But to think with sober discernment or understanding, sober understanding. What he's saying is, in modern languages, get real with yourself. You're not going to get all the secret things. You're not going to get all the hard things and, and crack the code on all the difficult things. But there's some simple things in God that we can crack the code on and God will give us revelation for our lives and God will help us and show us along the way. All right. But we need sober understanding. We need to understand this, that there, there are some things that belong to God and there's some things that are gonna to belong to us and that's a good thing. How many loves the promises of God that are in the Bible? They're wonderful. There's a promise. And he says, God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. Yes, that's right. Each of you has a measure of faith. Now, I learned last Wednesday that there's a mustard seed in your Bible, Pastor. And there's a big lesson about the, must, the, the, big lesson about the little mustard seed. But the, the lesson was about faith. And that measure of faith that God has put in every person, every person, 
They may call themselves an atheist. They may say, well, I don't even believe in God. But God has put a measure of hope and faith in every individual. There's even some individuals that hope, you know, to find a relationship someday. And if we pull the thread on that all the way back to what God has put in us as a baby and put in us in our life, we can always bring that back that God gave us something. We got that from somewhere. We got that somehow, and it came from God. God has sowed the seed of faith into every soul. Some have chosen not to believe or trust in God, and it's a choice. The writer of Hebrews gives us a reminder that those in the wilderness who, after seeing the Red Sea part and the water uh, uh, and the water from the rock and manna come down from heaven, they seen these miracles. They rebelled with an unbelieving heart after seeing what God could do. Right. And he warned them not to not to fail with unbelief. Hebrews 3 and 12 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has an evil heart of unbelieving that forsakes the living God. So it's important to have a believing heart that, that believes in God and will draw us close to God. So faith will draw me close to God. This is a secret thing. There are a lot of people in this world who do not understand this. They want the promises of God, but they don't understand the secret on how to get the key that unlocks the door, that opens the treasure house. That's what I want. Right? You want a job? You want the key that opens the door, right? To the treasure house, right? So this is what I'm talking about, even at that granular level. So in Hebrews 11 and 6, the writer of Hebrews says, Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. This is the secret thing. I have to use the measure of faith that God gives me. For he says, the one who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I, in order for me to please God and even approach God, I have to do it through faith yes. and belief yes. and understanding God that he will accept me if I come to him by faith. That's why there's words in the scripture like, say that you believe on the Lord. Because that's an act of faith. Prayer is an act of faith. Prayer is an absolute act of faith. You're praying to air, you're praying to wherever you're at, you're out in the, in the park, you're in your house, you're in your car, you're wherever you are at, and you're praying, but faith is actuated. And actually, when you pray, God can enjoin himself to you because of the faith you're activating. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, when the writer speaks of God, he groups group the strongest Greek word with our approach to the invisible God. This is, this is what he said. Without faith, it's impossible to please. The word impossible is, is the Greek word adunaton. Is, it means impossible. It's a strong Greek word. That means I can't be accepted by God 
unless I come by faith. It's impossible. It's an impossibility. Now, do I understand all that? I don't have to. All I need to know is the secret that unlocks the door to the treasure house of God. And God will bless me because of that faith. First, we must believe that he exists for us to approach. Second, we believe that if we seek him, we will be rewarded by him. If we seek him, we'll be rewarded by him. Let me give you a little example. My wife and I uh, were living in San Antonio. Uh, We had a house and we had payments. We had uh, we had to come up with six thousand dollars for the month. Just just the ba- basics at this time. We needed six grand. I was on unemployment. I got four hundred dollars in the check from unemployment. I needed six grand. Four hundred dollars. The electric bill was probably four ten, four twenty, somewhere in there. It was a little over four hundred dollars. So I said, let's pay our tithes. We have to pay our tithes. And Karen says, we don't have money to pay tithes. I said, oh yeah, we do. We have to pay our tithes. So I opened the book of Malachi, and I began to read in chapter 3 about God saying, prove me, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot receive. Not that you cannot receive, but that you won't believe you're going to receive. It just, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, right? So, I prayed and fasted for a few days, and we went on, we paid our tithe, 40 bucks. 40 bucks. Everybody said 40 bucks. It seems like nothing, right? Nothing. You can't even hardly fill your car with 40 bucks in your Yes. On Monday, this would have been like Tuesday or Wednesday. On Monday, we received a check in the mail. The bank had made an error on our escrow, and they paid us like $8,900. Thank you, Lord. Prove me. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. So standing upon the word, having faith upon the word of God, didn't make sense. We need the lights on. Right? So saying, look, we'll give you $360, but we gotta we gotta pay our tithes. Then the blessing didn't stop. Then Later on that week, I got another check for $3,000 to somebody that owed me money I forgot about. So it came to almost 12, double what we owed, right? Almost 12,000 some change dollars that God had blessed us with, all because we honored him with faith and believed and obeyed his word. These are the secret things. People can get all wrapped around the axle and say, well, you know, God never answers my prayers. But do you follow his word? Do you obey what he says? Do you do what he says do? Do you have faith that his word is going to work for you? Do you trust him and talk to him? Come on, amen. Right. 
So it works. Have faith in God. Yes. Then the scripture says, the righteous shall live by faith. For the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, a people who suppress truth by unrighteousness, because that which can be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, listen to this, his invisible attributes, and then he tells us what those two are, his eternal power and his divine nature, they're invisible have been clearly seen. So the invisible can be clearly seen. How? He says in the last part of the verse, because they're understood through what has been made so that everyone is without excuse. So faith doesn't have to see. Faith has to believe. And faith doesn't just have to believe. Faith has to trust. To trust in God. I'm going to trust that your word's going to be true. I'm going to trust that when I ask you, it's going to happen. I have faith. What is faith? Jesus in Matthew 21, he left them, went out of the city to Bethany uh, and spent the night there. This is over on the other side of the Mount of Olives. It's a pretty big mountain. now in the morning, it's outside of the, uh, it's like outside of the city. It's a big mountain, the Mount of Olives, outside of the city. So they walked over the top of the city. Just on the other side was a, a, a little village called Bethany. And he spent the night there with his disciples, of course. In the morning, he was returning to the city. He became hungry. He, he seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came and found it and nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, no longer shall there ever be fruit from you. And at once the fig tree began to wither. Seeing this, the disciples were like, did you see that? How did the fig tree wither all at once? Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, now he's on the Mount of Olives. He's talking to the Mount of Olives. That's where he's pointing to. If you will say to this mountain, and it's a big mountain. It's bigger than Candy Mountain. Be taken up and cast into the sea. Notice what he says. If you will say to the mountain, don't complain about the mountain. A lot of times it's easy for, for me to talk about my problem to God. I bring my big mountain to God and say, my mountain's steep, my mountain's rough, my mountain's hard, it's difficult, the way is, it's not working out for me. Things aren't just, you know, I, 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 I've talked about it to you. But Jesus isn't saying to do that. He doesn't say tell your God how big your mountain is. He says you speak to that mountain and tell that mountain how big your God is. Because he's the creator of the world. 
He's bigger than all the problems. He's bigger than all the issues. He's bigger than all the, the things that are keeping you from getting where you need to go. So the key, the secret, the secret things belong to us is yes. that we talk to the problem. Come on. There was a woman with breast cancer, double breast cancer. She was sent home to die. Stage four cancer over at Mount Vernon. Sent her home to die. Sad. So we spoke to the cancer. We didn't say, God, she has cancer. Well, he already knows that. We spoke to the cancer. You, cancer, come out of the body. Leave that body. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, right. for hearing the prayer. We begin to speak to the mountain. Praise God. She was supposed to die. I think it was probably, I don't know, less than a month. And this evangelist came through. And the Lord, he was, he was up at the pulpit. I was back over here. And he, she was behind me. And he all of a sudden focused. And I could tell the Lord was doing something. He looked at her and he said, There is no tombstone in your immediate future. And she just melted. And began to cry, her and her Thank husband. You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It was a confirmation that God had healed her. Yeah, come on, yeah, come on. And she's alive today. Right. And she come should on. have been dead years ago. The doctor said that. So the secret things are, is that we direct our faith and our prayer in the proper way. Like Jesus said, you speak to your mountain. You speak to it. And then you call and invoke the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's where the power comes in. Amen. It's the Lord that does it. Jesus said, all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. But the key is you've got to speak to the mountain. We can't whine. You know, we have a saying, like at work, no whining here. It's pretty hard. Sometimes you want to whine. Sometimes you want to just, you know, I want to just talk about how bad it is. But you just can't. With the Lord, he's not going to listen to you anyway. Right? So Jesus reveals this. Mark chapter 11, verse 19. When evening came, they would go out to the city. They passed by. And he said, have faith in God. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen. It will be granted to him. There is a level of knowledge that you can obtain through God that God will give you a no. I call it a, no, a word of knowledge. That when God speaks that word to you, that you will know by faith that God has handled the problem and the issue. You know, when we prayed for Brother Cliff, I got that word in my ear. It's done. It doesn't take a long time. It's a belief. It's understanding and it's hearing and it's listening for God. It's listening. Jesus said all things which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them. Just believe that you receive them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, forgive. Because your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. So that's, that's kind of a Hebraism. So uh, what it means is if your Father forgives you of your trans, trans, transgressions, 
That means if you don't forgive someone, he will not forgive you of your transgressions. So that's how the Hebrews kind of thought and would write. So I have to forgive others. I have to have a clean slate or my prayers are hindered. In one place he said, if a husband or wife has an argument, your prayers can be hindered. Peter was writing this. So it's important that I have a clean, a clean channel, clear channel to God. You know, it's like a radio. You take a radio, and nowadays you can have a rechargeable battery, but back in the day that we were cleaning cars, we had to plug them in, right? And so we would take a radio, we'd plug it in, and if you don't turn up the volume, and you don't tune in the channel, you're not going to get anything. But that doesn't mean that the music's not playing. It's still there. God is still doing things. Just because I'm not plugged in, turned on, and tuned in, doesn't mean God is not handling some things out there from and, and willing to do things. He's doing things all the time. So my job, my secret is get plugged in, turned on, and tuned in to God and start listening and praying and seeking his faith. And I and I'll begin to hear what he has to say. So faith is a possession. Jesus said, have faith. So that word in the Greek means a number of things. It means to possess your faith. Faith is a gift from God. It's held. It's possessed by the individual. To possess a thing, we must maintain a thing. Okay? How many owns a car? Okay, how many men? Change the oil. Make sure the oil's changed. Right? Why? Right. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? It's going to break down. That motor's going to break down. My truck quit running after 10,000 miles because I didn't change the oil. Not this truck. It was the truck I used to have. It stopped right in the road, and I called Billy from the shop. Billy, can you, can you help me? My truck quit running. It's a diesel. And it had a switch on it that would shut it down when you, your oil got too low. After 10,000 miles. I, I didn't realize I'd driven that far. And Billy came and he said, oh, you just ran out of oil. I put oil in it and boom, it started right up. So I've got to maintain my faith to keep it working. Amen. So maintaining my faith, we can liken it to a house. A house is maintained. We can maintain our faith. We're the temple of God. The, pla the places that are weakened in a house through storms and trials must be repaired just as a roof or a door or siding or a foundation. There are things we go through that we have to go to God and get repaired. That's why it's important for us to be here because here we may not realize it. You may not realize it, but every time we sing, Brother Long gets up in the, in the corral or the the group gets up and sings, and the pastor and all the wonderful assistant pastor and all the teachers get up and teach us. We are being repaired in our soul due to the storms and the trials and the difficulties right. and the problems of life. And it's building our faith. Yes. Keeping our faith in working order is essential to our ability to use the prayer of faith when situations arise. 
exercising our faith so that it flourishes and becomes strong is vital to our ability to receive answers from God by miracles, signs, and wonders, and God providing for us. I was, I, I remember your guys' story, kind of, we heard you rent kind of low in, on cash, right? You remember that, Sister Corey? Well, let me tell you a story. I had preached a, a revival about two weeks, and a wonderful things happened. One lady, like, was wheeled in by a wheelchair, had been crippled for 11 years, the Lord healed her. She got up and ran around the building, ran out in the parking lot and just praising God. And her husband was crying. And I don't know how it happened. Because when I went to pray for her, it was like praying for a cornstalk, a sagebrush. I mean, just, I didn't feel nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Feelings have nothing to do with faith, right? Nothing. Not a thing. But believing does. So, God blessed, and, and what they would do is give me a little paper bag at the end of every night filled with quarters, dimes, pennies, maybe a dollar. We were really lucky. And uh, that's what we get every night. And I think it cost me $220 to leave St. Louis and get down to Southeast Texas. And while I was there, um, I think accumulated $15 in two weeks. Something like that. That's all I got. So uh, I had a van, I had a trailer, had a baby. So it was Monday, it was time to go. So I drove down to the Kmart. That's before Walmarts. It's a long time ago. I drove down to the Kmart. And Pampers, had to buy Pampers. Pampers cost $6. Had uh, $10. So Pampers cost $6. I had an eighth of a tank of gas. I was going nowhere quick. I was in the Walmart, Kmart parking lot. And that's where I was. And this was back before cell phones. And you had to have pay phones. So I just leaned over my steering wheel and I said, Lord, you've got to help me. And about that time, somebody's beating up my window of my van. And it's a lady that saying, roll down the window, roll down the window. So I said, okay, roll down the window. And she said, I was walking across the parking lot here, and God spoke to me and told me to give you this. Boom! And she sticks two 100, Chris $100 bills right in my face. And I'm like... You're not going to believe this. So I told her, this, I didn't even take the money. I just said, you're not going to believe this. So God uh, told her to give it to us, and, and she did. So uh, she said, all right, well, um, you go fill your van with uh, gas. I'll follow you there, and you, you come out to our ranch, her husband and her own ranch. And we've got a place for RV hookup, and you're going to hook up there, and you're going to stay there as long as you need, leave from our table, and you will uh, keep your hook up there, and you'll go to church with us on Sunday. We went to Brother Marvin Cole's church in Beaumont, Texas, and um, went there, and I got a nine-month revival. Wow. Out of it all. So, faith 
is believing God and taking action and God stepping in. So faith sometimes requires us to go right to the last second, right to the last minute. Okay? I'm hastening. So we have to maintain our faith. And another part to this word, uh, echo, which is the Greek word for faith, uh, to hold, to have faith, is birth, to birth your faith. It's the same word that they would use echo, uh, Mary had a baby in Matthew chapter 1. It was the same word. It means to have as in birthing as well. So our faith comes from within. And it's something that we have to birth from within with God, whatever he put in us. That spirit of faith. That that our faith is related to a spiritual birthing of belief and ability of God to do what we need and ask. Birthing takes time. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish real quick, but listen to this. Birthing takes time, and so does faith. Things do not happen all the time instantaneously. Flowers don't grow overnight. Right? Cities, this church wasn't built just by blinking our the eyes. It took time. It took sweat. It took some labor. It took some faith. It takes faith. Faith will take time. Faith is generally a process. And the birthing part of it is a process that takes time. Birthing involves pain. Faith takes pain. How painful was that? Sitting in a parking lot, nowhere to go, and broke. That's painful. But out of pain, something happened that was joyful and beautiful that lifted our heads. Amen. So, faith involves pain and involves joy. And, a pro- and in the progression of time, you will see the results come of faith. So when you believe and trust in Jesus to fulfill his promise to you, don't think about anybody else right now. Just think of you. Think of yourself. I want the Lord to do something for me. His promise for me. Regardless of the circumstance, you have to start birthing that from within your mind and your soul. The desire of the heart. And then open your ear to God. And sometimes the results can be noisy and exciting and unpredictable, just like they were in the scripture. But God will answer in time. There's three ways God answers prayer. God says no. God says slow. And God says go. And your prayers will fall into those three categories. No, go, slow, and go. All right. And you have to know when to put the pedal down and when to wait. Fold your arms and just be patient. And trust, right? And sometimes it takes, you know, all all of those. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith is being persuaded by the word of God that God is trustworthy, that I can trust in him and he will fulfill the promise. I believe in him and his word. I stand on it and I believe it. 
I quote it back to him. And I say, your word says, Lord. And I believe in your word. He loves to hear his word quoted back to him. Amen. So, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And take your faith to the next level. And this little bit of understanding. And believe God. And allow God to have his way. Why did Jesus say, in the prayer, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will be done. My kingdom come. It's his will be done. His kingdom come. We have to make space. We have to understand his word and read it and let it penetrate in here. And the result of it is that the blessings will come in time. Be willing to wait it out. Be willing to have faith. Would you stand? Praise God. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you bless this and imprint this seed in the heart of every person who heard it tonight. In the name of Jesus, that they can use their faith that you have given to them. What amazing and marvelous things that you want to do through each and every person here. And the pastor of this church and his staff and his people. In Jesus' name we pray that you would do wonderful, glorious things. In your precious name we give you thanks and praise, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Amen.